3: Russia accuses Ukraine of planning to utilize a dirty bomb. Uh, the Russians could
1: use uh, that uh, such a device in order to establish what we'd call a no-go zone.
3: A report shows that the majority of the $122 billion of Federal funding allocated to opening schools has gone unused.
2: Schools got $122 billion to reopen last year. Most of it has not been spent.
3: New polling shows Republicans believe Ron DeSantis has more influence over the GOP than Donald Trump.
4: What I do know is that people are sick of what's not been working for them up to this point.
3: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, October 25th. I'm Mike Scott. On Sunday, Russia's defense chief alleged that Ukraine was preparing to escalate the war by using a dirty bomb, a claim that has been rejected by both the U.S. and British intelligence agencies. Russia's defense ministry voiced concerns over Ukraine using such a device that would use explosives to scatter radioactive waste. Such a device would not have the devastating effect of a nuclear explosion but could expose broad areas to radioactive contamination. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the Russian suggestion that Ukraine would use a dirty bomb is false.
2: We just reject that allegation. Uh, it's just not true. We know it's not true.
3: Kirby says right now it's unclear if the Russian claim is simply a ploy.
2: We have seen in the past that the Russians have, uh, uh, on occasion, uh, blamed others for things that uh, that they were planning to do. Now, again, I, I want to be clear. This is why I said it the way I said it. We don't have any indication that that's the case right now. Kirby says Russians have
3: previously alleged actions they plan to take.
2: It is a play that we have seen before, um, and I think that's why we were trying to put some context around it.
3: Retired Major General William Enyard says he's not concerned that Russia is planning a false flag operation in order to create a no-go zone.
1: It's absolutely ludicrous. Why in the world would Ukraine want to contaminate their own land? they already have enough issues with Chernobyl. They've experienced a nuclear meltdown. They know what radioactive contamination can do. They can't go back into the Chernobyl area. Uh, It'll be contaminated for another 25,000 years, uh, according to science. So I think it's highly unlikely that Ukraine would contaminate their own ground. On the other hand, Russia uh, might have a lot to gain from using a so-called dirty bomb. That's where you take a conventional weapon, you pack it with uh, radioactive materials, you don't get the blast that you get from a nuclear bomb, but you do get radioactive contamination. Uh, the Russians could use uh, that, uh, such a device in order to establish what we'd call a no-go zone. That is, it would uh, act like a minefield to deter the Ukrainians from attacking through the area that's contaminated.
3: History was made in the United Kingdom on Monday when former Treasury Chief Rishi Sunak was voted to become Britain's next prime minister after winning the conservative leadership race. Sunak faces the task of stabilizing the conservative party and a country at the time of economic and political turbulence.
4: Rishi Sunak is set to become Britain's uh, next prime minister.
3: That's right.
5: Sunak was named the new leader of the conservative party earlier today, a decision that comes four days after Liz Truss announced she was resigning after just six weeks in office. Sunak will be a historic uh, figure, first person of color to become prime minister of the UK, first person without a Christian background, Uh, worked at a hedge fund, uh, worked for Goldman Sachs, was a member of the British Parliament in 2015 and most recently served as the kingdom's chief finance minister. Then, over the summer, he campaigned for the prime minister's position, promising to cut taxes and help British households push back the rising cost of living. Trust one, but Sunak seems to be rising in the end. He's now preparing to move into 10 Downing Street where he shouldn't get too comfortable because the economic
3: turmoil in the U.K. continues. There's also a growing divide within his own party. MTI's Tayab is a CBS foreign correspondent, breaks down the details of Sunak's background and what qualifications he will bring to the office of prime minister.
5: Huge. Uh, historic seismic. All the things you want to throw at it. I mean, really, the tumble dryer that has been UK politics continues to tumble. And what this tumble dryer has spit out is Rishi Sunak. And we have to remember that this didn't go to the Conservative Party to vote. This was really just MPs deciding. So when he and Liz Truss were, were fighting for the top job over the summer, it really went to, to the Conservative Party, which really is only about 150, some odd thousand people who then decided who'd be the prime minister of the country. Now Now it's just gone to uh, members of parliament, and we understand he had around 189, so really 189 people decided that Rishi Sunak is the man. And what a man, as you rightly said, in an extraordinary biography. Here he is, born in 1980. He'll be the youngest Prime Minister Britain has seen in over 200 years. Mm. Uh, He uh, is the son of Indian immigrants of East African origin. Uh, His mother ran a successful chain of pharmacies. Uh, his father was a GP, uh, and they paid for him to go
3: to one of Britain's top schools. Taeb goes on to explain the tough job and the many hurdles that Sunak has inherited. This trust lasted
5: six weeks. It's mind-boggling that this country's had three prime ministers in three months. Just wrap your head around that. You know, this country really since 2016 has just been you know, really going from political crises to political crises, 2016, of course, the Brexit referendum. And there's just been so much political turmoil and all of it really at the heart of the conservative government, which has this huge majority because Boris Johnson won that huge majority. He, of course, resigned in shame because of the Partygate scandal and many, many other scandals. And then Liz Truss with what was described as a mini budget, which spooked the market, saw the pound crash, saw interest rates go through the the roof. And now here we have Rishi Sunak, who called those uh, promises that Liz Truss made during her campaign, that she was going to do all these things, cut all these taxes, do all this stuff. He called it fairy tale economics. So a lot of people are saying that Rishi Sunak is the man, he's going to be able to fix all of these problems. But as well, these huge problems in the country, he has to fix the problems within his own party, the Conservative Party, which again, has been in power for 12 years since David Cameron in 2010. And so here we are 12 years later, And this party is really just tearing itself apart. Uh, And Rishi Sunak, again, just has these huge, huge things that he needs to solve. And most crucially, he needs to fix the economy. But how do you fix the economy when it's a global economy uh, that is struggling? And uh, that's really something that Rishi Sunak has to figure out.
3: Sunak will take over as prime minister from Liz Truss. She quit last week after 45 tumultuous days in office leaving a sagging economy and a shell-shocked and divided party. According to a new study, less than 15% of federal money for pandemic relief for public schools has been used. The American Rescue Plan, which was passed in March of 2021, gave campuses $122 billion to reopen buildings, address mental health needs, and help students who had fallen behind academically. The news comes after another report in the New York Times that has revealed that the COVID-19 pandemic school closings have caused historic learning setbacks for America's children, erasing decades of academic progress and widening some racial disparities. Peggy Carr is commissioner of the National Center for education statistics, says the pandemic led to a worrying decline in math scores among 8th graders.
2: When we experience a one- or two-point decline, we're talking about it as a significant impact on our students' achievement. In math, we experience an eight-point decline, historic in this assessment.
3: Carr says the report found historic learning setbacks for many American children.
2: What we're seeing is all students, regardless of their ability, they are declining in these data, particularly in mathematics. It is a serious wake-up call for us all.
3: Leland Vittert of News Nation breaks down the findings of the group's new report.
2: This is what the Times says about a devastating report card on America's schools, more precisely on how much the pandemic has hurt kids' education and not surprisingly hurt the poorest kids the most. Roughly one-third of kids are proficient for their grade level in the basics. In math, 26% of eighth graders are proficient. 36% of fourth graders are proficient when it comes to reading. 31% of eighth graders are proficient. 33% of fourth graders. Less than a third. Fourth grade math scores are down five points, 2019 to 2022. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the biggest hit in 50 years.
3: Vitter says that The Biden administration's secretary of education believes that the answer is to send even more money to schools.
2: His answer is effectively spend more money, except schools got one hundred and twenty two billion dollars to reopen last year. Most of it has not been spent School systems throughout the country, according to the Washington Post, reported using less than 15 percent of the latest round of federal education funding allotted to them because of COVID during the last school year. And still, we are failing our kids over and over and over again. Here's Jake Tapper on CNN Thursday before the numbers all dropped.
6: I'm surprised that there hasn't been a national conversation about the damage done to kids because of these school closures and the virtual learning and everything.
2: Imagine if we had had that conversation on CNN before locking down or during lockdowns. It wasn't allowed. Or had that conversation while the teachers unions kept kids out of the classroom for months. That conversation wasn't allowed. We failed our kids because nobody stood up to support them.
3: The Department of Justice on Monday unsealed charges against two Chinese intelligence officers who allegedly worked to obstruct the DOJ's investigation of the telecommunications giant Huawei. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hole has more details on this developing story. The Justice
0: Department says two suspected Chinese
3: intelligence officers
0: allegedly sought inside information on the case, and paid tens of thousands of dollars in digital currency along with cash and jewelry. To a U.S. official they thought they had recruited as an asset, Attorney General Merrick Garland.
5: The individual they recruited was actually a double agent working on behalf of the FBI.
0: Besides these two men, 11 other Chinese men have been charged with offenses in the last week as part of what FBI Director Christopher Ray calls China's economic assaults and rights violations. Norman Hall, Washington.
3: Some Republicans believe Florida Governor Ron DeSantis should have more influence over the party than former President Donald Trump. That's according to a new straw poll that, experts say, highlights a shift in loyalty ahead of the 2024 presidential election. John Heilman is host of The Circus on Showtime and says polling may frame whether Trump decides to run. Republican,
6: not just Republican voters, because I think most Republican voters aren't really tuned into this, but Republican activists, uh, Mm -hmm. Republican donors, uh, the Republican establishment or what's left of it. Taking the measure of Trump's hold over the Republican Party is going to tee up or frame the context for a potential presidential run for him, and whether he decides it's worth doing, what it would mean for the party if he did, all of that's kind of in the balance right now. So when you start to see things like, you know, straw polls are are not a terribly meaningful thing; Uh, they're they're a couple hundred people uh, in Wisconsin. But when you start to see a guy like Ron DeSantis who has has been the clear second choice favorite of Republican voters. uh, With gathering strength over the course of this year. When you start to see little signs like that, they're like canaries in a coal mine. That Republicans at least are looking at Trump's influence on the party. And I'm talking about now the activists, the people who kind of make the, the primary process run. They're looking at the way things are playing out right now for Trump. They're taking the measure of his strength and the damage he might do to the party. And they're saying, at least they're saying, maybe, maybe. We should consider mm-hmm. someone else. And, and I think that frames, you know, for Donald Trump, the decision he's going to make. And it, it kind of tees up the questions that the party is going to confront shortly after the midterm elections when all eyes in, every, in both parties is going to turn quickly to what the presidential election uh, is going to shape up to be in 2024.
3: Lee Carter, a GOP pollster, joined Fox News and says the numbers most likely mean Republican voters are looking for younger candidates.
4: My thoughts on this are it is so far away from the election. If you think back to what happened in 2015 and 2016, In June of 2015, there was a Washington Post article that said, here's the five reasons why Jeb Bush is going to be the next president of the United States. (laughs) Jeb Bush got nowhere. I think what we're seeing, though, right now is that there's a trend that Americans are concerned about the age of the president, and they're ready for the next generation to come in, and they're excited by some of the younger candidates who are bringing new ideas um, and more contemporary ideas. More than half of Americans are concerned about the age of the president. Many are saying that there should be age restrictions on um, how old you can be to run for office. And so I think we're going to start to see a huge sort of swath of young candidates coming to the the front and people getting really excited about them. Because what I do know is that people are sick of what's not been working for them up to this point.
3: Carter also says that while the straw poll favors DeSantis now, it's still a long way until 2024.
4: It's pretty amazing that he's been able to, to raise as much money as he has. But he has a real knack for grabbing the attention of the nation. We don't know what many governors are up to, right? It's just not nationwide all the focus is on one state in the same way, unless there's a scandal or something really controversial. What he's doing is shifting the conversation and changing the debate from everything from COVID to the economy to tax codes and then even to you know his very, very controversial Don't Say Gay bill. He knows how to engage the conversation, set the stage, and make sure he's part of every conversation that we're having about all of the most important issues. He's very, very astute. He's very, very savvy. But again, long time until 2024.
3: Coca-Cola's sponsorship of the flagship UN Climate Conference, known as COP27, sparked an online backlash and highlights broader concerns about corporate lobbying and influence. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this story bubbling up from New York.
0: Environmental activists slammed the company for its outsized role in contributing to plastic pollution and pointed to the deal as an example of corporate greenwash. Coca-Cola said its participation underscores its ambitious plans to cut its emissions and clean up plastic ocean trash. The COP27 talks aimed at limiting global temperature increases are set to kick off next month in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt.
3: And finally, studies have shown that goldfish have terrible memories. Or do they? A team of Oxford scientists have discovered that what we thought about the lowly memory of a goldfish may be all wrong. The scientists trained nine fish to travel two feet and then back, receiving a food reward at the end. Researchers say it showed the fish could accurately estimate distance and prove they have a
7: pretty good memory. Goldfish, it said, have a memory span of just three seconds. Goldfish, it's said, have a memory span of just three. Yes, you get the joke. But research by scientists at Oxford University suggests the saying "memory like a goldfish" is one we should forget.
8: I have no idea where does this um, story come from, but uh, what we can say is it is wrong. It's not true, I think.
7: For a year, Adeline Siboe trained goldfish like Coco here to swim a certain distance and back to get food.
8: I will wave at the fish to um, show him that he swims a good distance.
7: Initially, a wave would trigger them to turn around, but after months of training, they could remember exactly how far to swim without the signal.
8: They are much cleverer than what we think. They can uh, learn how to discriminate between calls, they have numerical abilities, so that means they can differentiate between different numbers.
7: Here's where it gets even cleverer. When Adelaide swapped the black and white walls to have narrower stripes, the fish shortened the distance they swam. Does that mean that the fish were counting how many black and white stripes there were?
8: No, so they were not exactly counting, um, but they use... Uh, this change of uh, contrast in their environments to uh, estimate if they travel far or close.
7: In fact, the reason goldfish often look gormless is because they're forced to live in a disorientating bowl. So remember, if you can, to give them plenty of space.
3: The researchers say that the results mean that goldfish can estimate distance by looking for patterns in their nearby environment.